Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, May 29th, 2022. I'm John Vanderbilt, the executive pastor. Hi, everyone. I'm Simone Helpin. And I'm Kelly Brady. Thanks for tuning in to the Next Level. Morning. Good morning. How was your Memorial Day? Man, it was wasn't it great just to be in? Were you guys out in the sun and the heat yes. and just feeling it? Yeah, the wind. Enjoying, yeah, it was windy, but just enjoying. Hopefully, the we did the parade. Come out! I saw you guys at the yeah, parade. Yeah, we were at the parade. Was that your first Wheaton parade? Oh no. Okay. No, we've done the parades. I love the parade. That one's nice because it's so short, and all the bands are featured. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's a good day. Our um, our neighbor uh, had a kid who was in the band. She was playing the big. Uh, bass drum. Mm-hmm. That was cool. A couple of those bands was it, it. was in the band. She playing was. the piccolo. Playing the piccolo. Oh, yeah. Yep. Toby Karinski was in the band. I think he was supposed to be. I had trouble finding him in the Edison band, but he There's was supposed to be there. Lots of. Lots of. All the junior highs were represented. And reckless kids in, yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. Both the North and South bands were in it. St. Francis even had a showing. Yeah. yeah. I just liked the whole weekend. It felt like outside. We ran into each other. Yeah, it was fun. It was like the French market's on. It's just, that's why we yeah. live here. Did you go there? You went to the French market? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yep. did too. Yeah. Is it under crap. the thing now? No, no. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, it's, can't just, seem it's to get a good idea, finished. you know, but it's, it's hard to, to implement. There was an issue where somebody who knows more about these things than I do, but apparently it was initially they they poured foundations and started to put up a structure and it was determined that it was too close oh, no. it was on the Union Pacific property or something Ooh. and so they had to like do a restart or oh. get permissions and all these kinds of things so I don't know all the details but they, well, they not, said it was a start and stop yeah they're not far from being done it appears so yeah. it's supposed to be done this season the way they because we we've, we've been vendors in the past uh, me and Jennifer and they communicated to us I believe like last year that it'll this will be ready. This year's going to be the yeah, year. Maybe it was a couple years ago. And, well, it doesn't um, slow people down from going because it oh was packed gosh, it and was. tons of vendors. Yeah, yep. it's yeah. really fun. I'm excited though it's for charming. the structure to be done. Like it'll be really cool when it's done and to have a yeah. permanent spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Where we actually, Jennifer and I were talking. Like, man, it's it's kind of time to get back. It's just a it's a ton of work, mm-hmm. you know, especially with how it is now, where you have to set up your own tent yeah. and do all that. Yeah. But what when you, it's permanent what? structure, it's a lot easier just to mm-hmm. you know. What are you selling at the French Market? Should I know this? Oh, all right, we have a baking company. You didn't know that? Look, I had no idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were joking for a second. Like, no, not, no. Silver Lighting Baking Company. Boom. There's the plug right there, there going go. out to thousands so of cool. people via this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Uh, our niche is uh, it's gluten free, vegan, and it's all nut safe. Every ingredient, nice. everything. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's cool. But it is a ton of work, yeah, man. Wow. Especially, yeah. She bakes for days. Um, if we do a, a farmer's market, it's just a ton of work. It's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Like, we meet so many people, and it's a really cool opportunity to just get plugged in to, to the community. So. Love it. All right. Um, let's go into some questions. Commandment number three questions. Yeah. Here we go. Um, first one. As Christians and as a church, we bear God's name. And so our actions, individually and as a congregation, also either enhance or mar his name. How do you think this relates to the third commandment? Well, I think it relates pretty straightforwardly, right? I mean, yeah. the third commandment is do not misuse God's name, which means more than simply avoiding certain swear words. Did y'all grow up with that? Mm-hmm. Don't take the Lord's name in May. Totally. Yeah. It was just that, though. That's where it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it meant. 
fully 100 percent just so don't you my don't granny cuss would with, chastise yeah. my granddaddy because he could swear quite often and uh and so then he would change his in midstream he would change it instead of saying the whole swear word he'd say gd mm. like that, that that made it better that made it better because you didn't utter the words yeah 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 you know what stinks about that now when you 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 get to not say it but you make me think it yeah right, right now i got That's interpret. what stinks about that <laughs> translate oh yeah oh great i just thought it great. thank you so it's it's obviously more than avoiding uh, saying certain swear words to not misuse name, and then, and I had mentioned in the sermon that it, it's more than just not saying his name. Like um, the Israelites often refused to say the name Yahweh because they didn't want to break the third commandment. So if I don't say it, then I'll certainly never misuse it. Um, the literal translation is don't lift his name to falsehood. So the notion here is that we misrepresent him. We'd falsely represent him. So whether we do that individually or we do that collectively, we need not to do that. Mm -hmm. we, we should represent him accurately. And I, I love the verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20, where we're God's ambassadors. So we're the hands and feet of Jesus. When people see us, hopefully they'll see Christ. That's actually my daily prayer, that uh, my wife would see Christ in me, my kids would see Christ in me, my community, my friends. Simone, you got your Bible open there. You I, I like couldn't take enough notes yesterday. Yeah. I was, it was really enlightening, really I, helpful. I, so, you know, you, I have the luxury. I get paid to study. So I... I had never thought, but there's no explicit reference to the third commandment in the New, in the New Testament. Hmm. Which oh, is, interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. I yeah, know that I mean, I can't find it. I, if someone can find it, I would love to, but it's never revisited. Huh. Why do you think that is? Well, I actually think the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, and I might have shared this one or both. I don't know if I share this in both services, but uh, Matthew chapter 5, see if I can find it really quickly here on the Google. <laughs> uh, oaths Matthew 5.33 again you've heard it said mm. to the people long ago don't break your oath and then he goes let your yes be yes your no be no uh, many, so the, the Sermon on the Mount is, is often thought to be Christ's revisiting the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. and many of the Ten Commandments are revisited there so they, the thought here is this is the third commandment if you, if you say you're going to do something because when God says he's going to do something, he does it. He keeps his promises. Yep. And so this don't break your oaths is, is a uh, fleshing out of the third commandment. Mm -hmm. you, you did mention that in yeah. second service. Yeah. You answered the question, how did Jesus fulfill the third yeah. commandment? That was yeah. good. All right. Shall we move on? Sure. Um, these next two questions are uh, they're pretty much connected. Um, but it's a, they're, it's, it's a great question. Um, so I appreciated your points on reverence for how you use the Lord's name. Am I missing the depth of the importance of his name, especially when I consider how the Bible often talks of praising the Lord's name rather than the Lord himself? Why would we be encouraged to do that? Example, Psalm 34. Yeah, I think the short of it is it, it's, uh, it's hard for us in the 21st century to understand the, the importance of a name. Uh, than God's name. And we just don't live in a culture that reveres names. And in fact, I think we're kind of jaded when it comes to names. Uh, I think of branding. And branding was the hot thing in the 90s. And everybody wanted, I feel like, you know, it was, so I, 
I think we're actually burned out on branding and we, we, we're kind of suspicious of branding and we're, we're careful not to get sucked into brands and, um, and I hate to compare that to the, to the name of the Lord, but frankly, in the ancient world, um, you know, one's name denoted the person. It, it was the person. Um, so the name of the Lord is synonymous, synonymous with the person of the Lord. And in our modern world, I, I think of Patagonia, you know, people look to buy that brand. It may not agree, you know, Patagonia, the company has its own politics. You may not agree with the politics, but you know that they stand behind their clothing. And so if you buy it, you know, they're going to replace it if it rips or tears or is poorly manufactured. And um, so yeah. th they look for that because they appreciate it. And so when we say, hallowed be your name, we're, we're saying something similar. We're saying... Um, God's, God's brand, God's person, be lifted high, um, his character. Um. A good example, I think, uh, is uh, Proverbs 18, verse 10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Hmm. So obviously, the, it, I raise it because it's, it's doing what you're saying. The name and the person or the character or the everything that name represents. It's not running to the name, <laughs> right? right? You're running to the, what the, the name represents. And so the use of, you know, um, praise the name of Jesus. You're, mm -hmm. you're not just praising the name Jesus. You're praising the person. The moral perfection. That is mm -hmm. represented in that. His sacrificial death, right. In that name. And the, um, I think there's something, I think you're, spot on with the whole 21st century confusion or not confusion or just Loss. L l yeah, lack it. of importance in in uh names at the same time it's and we've all we've all named children and like that whole process of coming up with a name it's like this huge <laughs> deal yeah you know so there is a value and a thoughtfulness but it's um i think it's I think it's a little bit different than. But you didn't choose Braden or Wyatt, be the names of your boy, two of your boys, because it those names uh, were were you were hoping they would uh, be have an impact on their destiny, no, or reflect their character, no, right. no, for sure. But but what's interesting is in, um, so I'll just give you an example. So in. Um, where we lived in Zambia, people named their children with that exact mm -hmm. intent really? that mm -hmm. there would be this hopefulness of what, or an honoring and a, like there's a, a bigger value. So like there were two babies born to some friends we both know and they, they, were, they named their babies Carrie and John. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so there's like these kids there. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. And it was like this, and it's an honoring it's thing and a hopefulness did thing. Did you meet them when you went back? Did you uh, see them by chance? No. Okay. Neither, neither one we did. But And then they looked like just like you. You met them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. I just, I raise it just to say, I think there's some difference when we think about naming. I hated my name as a child. Hated my name. When you're a teenager... And you get sample pantyhose mailed to your house. <laughs> because your name's Kelly? <laughs> oh, feminine products. Oh, that's fun. Sample. Fi it was really hard on me <laughs> in my sense of masculinity <laughs> as a young man. <laughs> <laughs> 
sense. There was a Kelly that was, what, was in the 70s, right? Late 70s? Yeah. There was a Kelly in uh, Bad News Bears, right? He was yeah. like the, the main. He was, like the, he was right. the pitcher. Yeah. I always thought he was, he was like cool. The, yeah. I was like, what a cool name. His name's Kelly, and he's this totally cool pitcher. I wasn't allowed yeah. to go see the Bad News Bears. Wasn't it rated R? No. I think it was. <laughs> I have no the idea. The original one? Yeah. When they played in the Astrodome? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it, I was just going to comment on... Um, what you were talking about about the importance of name in biblical times 1976 wow um let them play okay uh okay it was only pg why yeah. wasn't i allowed to go well, see that the ratings were a little different in 1976 um yeah things that were allowed in pg movies back then that aren't allowed. uh names were were different and more important not just names were more important in biblical times but but like how the name was passed down and who the name of your father was and the grandfather and like those things were super important. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, more about names. Hang on. Yeah. We, we about to move on. I was going to read. Yeah. Cause it's the, I mean, yeah, you yeah. keep talking the next, next question, same kind of thing. Revelation three twelve, And I was in the pulpit Sunday and I couldn't remember this reference, but he who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he'll not go out from it any, anymore. So we'll find our place in the temple of God. And I will write on him the name of my God and on the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven, uh, my new name. And so there's this notion that we receive new names, we receive new identities mm -hmm. in Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful reality. Did, did you guys choose middle names with intent? Because as I was just kind of thinking about this, like, you know, the, our first names were just names that we enjoyed, but then the middle name, it was like, I want my son to have my grandfather's middle name. I wanted all my name. children to be named Kelly, regardless of boy or girl. <laughs> George Foreman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we, we uh, like yeah, all of our kids' middle names are significant, uh, connected familial. to our, yeah, they're yeah. familial. Yeah. yeah. Did you, did you guys common. do the same thing? Yeah. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah. Andrew's middle name is Kelly. Simply because Sherry wouldn't let me name him Kelly. <laughs> Kelly one, Kelly two, yep. and Kelly three. So uh, the next one, um, why a name? It seems strange. Why put so much emphasis on the name of God? Why not the person of God? Yeah, again, I just think we suffer from kind of a cultural dislocation. We're separated. Uh, so the name of God grants us access, maybe one way to look at it. Uh, Think of your credit card and you've got your little access code, right? Your little four-digit code and, and that, that gives you access to the authority, the power vested in your bank account, whether great or small. So the, the name of God grants us access to the person of God. It provides us with um, access to his power, his authority, his, his uh, comfort even. We call upon the name of the Lord. Um, and I, I really think the name of the Lord is important to us in this respect because we're not fully in his presence. Um, and it's not to say the name of the Lord will have less emphasis or less importance when we're with him eternally, but um, when we're in his presence fully, then we'll be in his presence mm -hmm. in a way that we're not now. But I, I feel like the name of the Lord is, is given to us uh, as a means by which we can access who he is. I think of... Um, authority over the demonic, um, 
the power of praying in his name, um, the, the importance of uh, lifting his name. You know, when, when the name of Christ is lifted up, he draws men and women to himself. And, and so I, I think that while it's strange to us, the vested or the investiture or the power in the name, I, it's, it's an important, I guess you could say it's a means of faith for us today. Does that make sense? It's when we hallow his name, we're, we're hallowing his person. Um, so it, it's, it's almost a means of exercising our faith to call mm-hmm. upon his name. And so he gives us this name so, so that we can access mm-hmm. him. I like how you said um, we are to represent God as he is when we are walking in our faith or, you know, walking in our... Accurately. Right. And I, when you, circling back to branding for a minute, I I think it's helpful for me to look at it from um, like a practical way. Like, what does it mean to be a helping? And I want my kids to know that they're loved unconditionally. We are doing our best to provide for them. And um, there's, we will hopefully always have a safe place for them to come to. Like, there's something about like, as you raise your kids, you want them to know their identity is you are you are sewn into this family and this is not a mistake like god has you here this is your earthly family you are a helping you are loved we care for you we're doing our best to provide for you um and then your the applications you gave of and don't don't misuse that like helping's not going to get you out of jail because you've got this last name and don't uh misrepresent us uh, in your decision making as you're walking out your life and your faith by misusing our name and making us somebody, something that we're not or over exaggerating who you think we are. You know, the, I, did, I just thought, I was thinking of it on a very practical level of kind of what you're saying. Like we are branded as mm-hmm. Christians. We are um, indwelled by the Holy Spirit. It, we we do represent God and it's a privilege and it also comes with high stakes, which I think is why it would be considered a 10 commandment. Like don't misrepresent me mm-hmm. is what God is saying. I mean, if I, if I heard you correctly yesterday, it just was, that gives you weight. It doesn't, I don't want to just flippantly throw around God's name or even the or theology. Give him a bad name. Or give him a bad name. Misrepresenting. And yeah. even deeper, like the theology of who he is. Like it's, there's a weight that's a beautiful mm-hmm. weight that comes along with knowing Yahweh, yeah. knowing who you're representing because he, he chose us. Hey, let me ask you, uh, um, what was it like to change your last name as you got married? That is a very deep question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't hard for me. Uh, my, first of all, my last name was Smith, so no offense to the other Smiths out there, but right. I didn't have a strong, I didn't have yeah. a strong connection to it. Okay. And I have an unusual first name. Yeah. I mean, it's not as in, it was when I was growing up too, when you were talking about your name today. So I felt like helping kind of fit the name better. I kept my middle name because I had attachment to that. I didn't keep Which Smith. Is? Allison. Okay. With two L's. Uh, and, but it was significant. You realize, but it's also like the beauty, like the, I was entering into marriage, so mm. it felt like I wanted my last name to represent that I was married to Anthony. I didn't yeah. have, I didn't feel like I was losing my identity, and I would tell you if I thought I was. Of course, yeah. you know I would, but I didn't. I didn't feel. I felt like I was in, like, entering into a new. Yeah. And I, you know, my upbringing, whatever you want to call it, was was just, you know, it, there were moments of hardness, and so it felt like that was a. Sh- I was like shutting off part of my. Hmm. You're starting a new chapter. Exactly. 
Yeah. All right, so yeah. Revelation chapter uh, 2, Revelation 2, verse 17, uh, states really clearly that we receive a new name. Mm. We receive a new name uh, as tr those trusting in Christ and, and following after him. Um, and it just occurred to me that we are collectively the bride of Christ. Mm. Oh, yeah. So our names are changed. Yeah. Not dissimilar to how a bride would take the husband's new name mm. in marriage. Are you, mm -hmm. It's interesting. I'm, I have no clue what the history is, the civil history, societal history of, of the exchange of names other than, you know, the obvious uh, familial well, and it uh, works in our covenant. context, but there's made right. matrilineal yeah. descent right. and right. other places like that. Then. But still, the exchange of names in a covenant setting, yeah. it, it shouldn't be lost on us. We're entering a covenant through faith in Christ. Uh, God has made us certain promises. We're counting on that. And then we're, it's really clear we receive a new identity. We receive a new name. We've entered. He, he's given us promises yeah. that we can count on. So it, it's yeah. fairly beautiful. Yeah, praise God. Name, naming in the adoption process was a really significant part of the, the I have whole, no clue what that'd be like. The so. whole process. So, uh, you know, like in our, in our situation, like Caleb was six. So he had, had, had a name wow. up until you're six. So picture yourself in first grade. Yeah. With a name. It's fairly late. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then there's, there's legal things that have to happen. So like a new birth certificates and those sorts of things with your last name. So there's like a, a very ceremonial, both in, a in Ghana and then, and then in the United States, um, because we readopted in the United States. So they have Illinois birth certificates and there's a ceremonial mm. where the, the judge says you are now Vandervelds, you know, That's like awesome. it's a really so ceremonial cool. mm -hmm. part, but then, both Caleb and Izzy, their names were not Caleb and Izzy when we adopted them. They had different names. Ghanaian names. Um, no, well, they were American Ghanaian names, but um, their names were Michael and Blessing. And so they, they still kept those names. So it's Caleb Michael Vanderveld and Isabel Blessing Vanderveld. But we had a conversation with them and we said, well, we have names for you that mom and I have prayed about and decided and chosen for you, oh, but beautiful. we want you to decide. Do you want, we gave, we named Brayden and we named Wyatt and, and we named Annika. Do you want to be named? Yeah. And both of them were like, yes, please <laughs> give us a name. You know, oh, that's cool. Um, so it's a significant Mm -hmm. uh, if Bring it, him into the family. Yeah, it, I'm speaking a little bit yeah. to what you're talking mm -hmm. about. The mm -hmm. it, it's a, there's a real identity mm -hmm. piece when you change your name. So you this works better with the name of the Lord. We understand adoption. We understand the marital mm -hmm. covenant relationship better. Mm -hmm. Right. We do under we do. There is some weight to naming in these contexts. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you think about it too, that you know, um, there's parts all throughout Scripture. You know, like David and. Um, when he stands down the um, Goliath, he says, you come and I could have, I was, you like, I was that? like, I, I, I wanted to say Goliath, but I was like, the name that was in my mind was Samson. I'm like, oh. no, what, what are we doing? <laughs> he stands down Goliath and he says, you know, you come, Oh yeah. You I come, come in the name of the Lord. Yeah. You come, come by the name, the name of, you know, your 
your God or yeah. your policy, your politics, your country, but I come in the name of the Lord. There's like this, uh, what you identify with. Yeah. Like who's, mm-hmm. who do you know, I represent? Maybe? Yeah. And if, if mm-hmm. I were in certain situations, I wouldn't say, well, I am, jo- I am John. I would say, no, I'm a Vanderveld. I come with, yeah. you know, my mm-hmm. father, my grandfather, mm-hmm. my mom, my, you know, my sisters or whatever. And it's like, that's, you have an, a, 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 an identity mm-hmm. uh, that you are connected with. I think there's some, the, when we get a new name, you know, when you talk about in Revelation, that new name part, it's like, no, you are, mm-hmm. this is actually who you are now. Mm-hmm. Which makes it interesting. I, we, I do think in the 21st century, we understand what it is to have identification by name with um, some painful mm-hmm. associations sure. with family of origin. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, you know, when my children met some of my extended family, and, it's, and you have to own that. Oh, they're Brady's too. You're right. They're <laughs> <laughs> the family reunions. <laughs> well, and it, we're entering family reunion season, so mm-hmm. it's like, are you are you going around telling people you're Brady's too? I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we know we do know what it is mm-hmm. to have misuse of yeah. names and to feel like the name of Brady isn't being held up, whatever your family of origin issues are. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I will also say, it, I do cringe when I hear someone say the Lizzie. GD? Yeah, or, oh, well, I for know. sure. But even like the OMG, not I say OMG, but like if, you know, I don't want to say it. Anyway, yeah. but if someone <laughs> says the name of God in the context of There's, not speaking about God, I still, like on movies, or I, I still cringe. Like I, there I don't know if that's... definitely is a, a piece of mm-hmm. the third commandment. I mean, we joked about it like with swearing. Yeah. But I do think there's definitely a piece about not using the name of the Lord in vain, um, using it flippantly mm-hmm. yeah. or to condemn something or to inappropriately joke about mm-hmm. something or mm-hmm. like those are big, that's yeah. a big deal mm-hmm. yeah. um, mm-hmm. at one level. I'm, you know, the ranking of swear words always makes me laugh. We always do yeah. that with our, you know, like, <laughs> which one's the worst one, you know? <laughs> well, don't say this or don't say that. But That's what one of our kids one time said. If you could just tell me all of them, yeah. then I won't say them. And I'll know not to say them. <laughs> There's such a draw to it, right? <laughs> but there definitely is a, like, a grossness mm-hmm. of the use of... It, it's or a, Jesus. It's when like lack people, of legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that one gets me... Yeah, so bad when somebody mm-hmm. just, you know, really uh, hammers on it and is angry about it and uses it in a, yeah, like as a swear word. I don't know I if don't it know. has any more damning effect on your soul state. That's not what I'm saying. It's just, it just I, I get has what you're a, saying though, but I think it's when you know him and then you're hearing someone talk as yeah. if they don't, or like in a in a way that's not matching who you know him to be. Mm-hmm. Is that's the, for me, and that's the rub. Yeah. And some of that is just cultural stuff too. But yes, I think right. I may be a little weird. It does not yes. bug me. Yeah, you are. No, it <laughs> doesn't bug me. And maybe it it has to do with some of my you know family of origin and just <laughs> growing up where it was being said. Or when I hear someone say you know Jesus Christ as a swear word. Mm-hmm. There is a funny, I have a funny reaction like, yeah, let's call on the name of the Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, when you're doing ex- that, then you can, you can. That's exactly who we need here is what I'm thinking. Yeah. So go ahead, call on him. That's <laughs> <laughs> exercising your faith. That's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I accidentally 
uh, cursed last night as I was draining pasta. Oh, you know how every now and then. Wow. You know how every <laughs> the now and then overwhelmed you. It it was started burning my hand so bad, and mm. I mean, just, it was just like. And I there dropped, was no I other word. And what yeah. was in just your a D word. Just your your mouth. Mouth. See, it was just the D word, so it wasn't really. <laughs> just the D now, word. Now his boys so, are saying it uh, all over the neighborhood. So in the ranking, <laughs> would you rank? <laughs> oh, one of my kids was like, Mom, did Dad just say a bad word? <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. Um, all right. On the Sunday that we had the third commandment? <laughs> no, it was Monday. <laughs> it was Memorial Day. I, I do wonder just culturally how we um, drifted from, because growing up, that's all I heard about this commandment was it's just, it's, it's just the swear. Yeah. Yeah, that's what swear. it is. Yeah. So how did we drift from what you explained in your sermon, which is mm-hmm. so much more full, uh, full and encompassing yeah. of, you know, it has a wi- such a wider range of meaning. Um, I just wonder like, well, how did we go from that to, yeah. okay. it's just question. about the swear word, mm-hmm. you know? Well, people love the, very practical, check the box, sure. Sort right. of that like when sense. I look at these ten things, I either do it or I don't. Mm-hmm. Like there's, right. there's like we don't have time to nuance here. It's, yeah, it's let's this let's just make it this, so then we can it very behaviorally. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Why people should come to church so they can it's hear yeah. the word. It's yeah. much more weighty. Like the like we don't and it's and let's be honest, no one's representing God completely accurately. Well, it, so the, thank goodness right. for Jesus, the right. whole ambassador. Mm-hmm. metaphor yeah. and when we talk about that and what that means and we carry that with us agent of the kingdom of God with the label and the power and the title of ambassador of yeah. Jesus that's a much more weighty than saying just you know avoid these swear words right and you know you won't commit oh, any really doubt. bad sins but when you think about the weight of representing mm-hmm. yeah Christ I mean that's a it's a big deal. I just had a memory of someone gave us, um, speaking of getting married, changing your name, a wedding gift, and it was Jesus. He wasn't on the cross. He was like maybe in the shadow, and it was a cross and like blood dripping. Wow. <laughs> and she wow. was like, I just, this is like for your living room, you know, so people know how committed you. I was like, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think it ever That's... made it up on the wall. <laughs> But oh it was a sweet God. gesture, you know? I was like, oh, wow, that's intense. That is. <laughs> you know, one, one final thought for the last question. Um, what's cool is that you, with the ambassador thing, not only do, do we represent Christ, but we actually uh, uh, get to uh, participate in the power of Christ mm-hmm. with using his name mm-hmm. for things like healing prayer mm-hmm. and opportunities like that. It's really cool that we get to play a part in that and mm-hmm. we get to see um, miraculous things happen you know through the power of the holy spirit and in calling on jesus's name it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool Hey, Glenn Home Bible Church family, we want to invite you out to a special town hall meeting on June 5th at 7.30 p.m. here at Glenn Home Bible Church. If you're a member, regular attender, and you want to learn more about the vision of the church, what we're praying and believing God is leading us to do, come on back out June 5th, 7.30, and, and hear from the elders about the upcoming multi-site. Um, we're excited to share the next steps with the congregation and uh, eager to be a part of what God's doing. Okay, uh, last question. If Jesus kept all the commandments for us and we are forgiven for our commandment breaking because of Jesus' death, what is the motivation to keep the commands? (laughs) Yeah, joy is the short answer. Joy is the motivation. More joy. So uh, Christ is, is our Savior, but 
following Christ is also the wisest way to live. It's um, the invitation that Jesus offers us isn't simply an invitation to escape hell. It is certainly an invitation to escape hell, but it's much more than that. It's the easy yoke. It's the light burden. It's the Jesus is the wisest, following Jesus is the wisest way to live. So the, the motivation to keep the commands is love, uh, is the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's, it's the uh, fullest life came that you might mm-hmm. have life and life to the full, uh, John 10.10. 10. So um, it's a fairly, again, superficial um, short-sighted um, invitation if, if the invitation is is only eternal salvation. It's, it's really God is wanting to, to dwell with us. He's wanting his spirit to be with us. I, I would say the motivation to keep the commands is to enjoy being an ambassador of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and communicating that to our kids is a big deal. I think of the, when the Pharisees asked Jesus, I don't have the verse in front of me, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think of like, um, that to me frames a little bit of what the Ten Commandments are all about. In, in one, one sense, they are these really time-specific commands for a group of Israelites about to enter a pagan promised land finally. So it's this establishment of them to have life and health and strength and prosperity in the right sense of prosperity, mm-hmm. prosper, flourish. And then there, at another sense, they're the, it's the actual foundation of the moral law of God, right? Like this is, so there's like morality in them, but not necessarily salvation in them. Mm-hmm. But Christ talks about, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. He, he summarizes them in that, in that, um, in that way. So I, I don't know. I think of, you know, what is it? Um, what's the motivation to keep those today? Um, I think you're spot on. That there's a there's a transcultural moral mm-hmm. sort of. If you follow those things, you won't walk around with a lot of burden mm-hmm. and weight and sin and pain and shame and guilt, but you're not meriting something from God either. Like, mm-hmm. well, no, God, I didn't use your name in vain, and no, God, I didn't mm-hmm. do, you know? Yeah. So there's a, um, there's a real beauty in being free from the legalism yeah we think of commands we think of we can think of legalism and yet a real beauty in that we have this this beautiful these 10 and there's there's more um rules of god right but these 10 specifically to to really guide us even today um i don't know i don't know if i'm making sense you are that's good yeah i just quickly jotted down if y'all are looking at uh, your screen there. I just there are some interpretive frameworks that you can you can use here, and you you, you reminded me of there's you I'd, could go at this strictly moral. Yeah, it's a, it's a wise way to live is to honor your creator with your life and represent him. Right, and and outside of whether you're a believer or not. Yeah, yeah, and right. and they have different. <laughs> there's well, take, a different power to it when you're following yes. Yahweh. Yeah. Let's be really clear, but 
the, the, take the fourth commandment, which will be this Sunday. You know, Sabbath living, taking a day of rest is wise. Yeah, mm-hmm. not committing adultery. Good it's idea. Really not, wise. Not coveting your not neighbor's coveting, stuff. Not stealing. Not yeah, murdering. Yeah. I mean, these are these right. are bright ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. You could also take a contextual, and you bring this up. There is a unique context here. It's promised land readiness. Mm-hmm. This is how you're going to enjoy the promised land that you're about to enter. And then there's this canonical interpretive framework. What's going on in the broader canon of Scripture, the 66 books? And we're going to see Jesus is going to keep this command perfectly. He's going to represent Yahweh in the flesh perfectly. And, and I, I love that you touch on these realities. There's like multiple layers of, mm-hmm. of truth and goodness mm-hmm. and beauty going on mm-hmm. in, in the text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D.A. Carson spoke at uh, College Church last Sunday. Oh, cool. Uh, Carson is a, a theology prof at the uh, seminary that I graduated from. Um, Trinity. Trinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot Goliath. You forgot. <laughs> no, I'm just moving slow this morning. Anyway, that's uh, I, went, I went and listened to, he, he preached on, um, on a similar, he took a, the text um, and then went through it giving different interpretive frameworks and oh, just yeah. brilliant mm. use of the text. So I, so I, took a, I took a long walk over the weekend and mm-hmm. listened to his sermon. So mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. Side note, I just, I just hope people hear from listening to you. I'm like fascinated by this, watching you guys have this conversation right now <laughs> because I, I, I just want people to know that there is, you can read the Bible as is, right? And get so much from it. You don't have to know every detail mm-hmm. and his, historical yes. and yeah. uh, you know, the context of every verse to really feel. I mean, you can have the faith as a child and mm-hmm. still very much understand and believe Jesus. But then there's so much yeah, richness. It's, rich, right? it's so rich. And I, I think sometimes I, I, I think so that, I don't know if this is the average Christian. I just don't know that people realize it can be so intimidating to read the Bible and mm-hmm. you read these 10 commandments and you're like, oh, I'm failing all of these. So, mm-hmm. I'm not motivated to follow them. But yeah. when when you start to unpack and the Holy Spirit enlightens you to see um, just the depth and the richness of, of all of Scripture and how that's all connected and how Jesus fulfills it. And I don't know. I just want to encourage people to not be intimidated, but to learn more about the richness. I mean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. learning new things every Sunday going through these Ten Commandments, and I've known them you know most of my life so so good i think what you point out is very important because it would be easy i think to sit in some of the churches of our county where um there is academic scholarly level um interpretive frameworks being offered from the pulpit and think well gosh i don't have all that how do how dare i approach the text on my own at home sitting in my living room why bother reading it when i don't have a d.a carson perspective and i like to say if you can read then the then the holy spirit will help you understand what you need to out of out of scripture Mm -hmm. and if you will study You'll, you'll gain a lot more understanding. Yeah. But the, the Bible and the truths of Scripture are available to anyone who can read. Mm-hmm. And, and that's beautiful. That means a five-year-old, a six-year-old mm-hmm. uh, can gain from Scripture. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, man. That's all the questions we have for you today. And if you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. 
We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for who, for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the next level. Prophecy.